There's been a murder, 60,000 dead in West Texas after the Bears stomped Texas Tech 45-17, winning in Lubbock for the first time since 1990. This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to Locked on Baylor. It is Halloween to all of those who celebrate. I'm Hugh Hafner alongside. Tell me why so. <laughs> Welcome to Locked on Baylor. Thank you. Oh, hi, Drake. Locked on Baylor, your first listen every single day. Um, I'm Drake Tolp from Sports Illustrated Inside the Bears. That's Cameron Stewart from also Sports Illustrated Inside the Bears. And we are Baylor. Um, Cam, Halloween. Very exciting. Very happy for that. For it, it doesn't feel like Halloween though, because it's a Monday, which did not hit her. I did not. Just a weird time to have Halloween. Um, uh, and not my favorite. A weird Saturday because look, it, it's but it's the Bud Bowl, so everybody's kind of ready for this game to kind of go, you know, go a little haywire. Um, had you told me haywire was three tech <laughs> tech quarterbacks combining for five interceptions. I, I want to I wanna open the show by saying, if you're a Texas Tech fan, I'm sorry. You know, Baylor fans walk away with like a, there's always next week. If you're Texas Tech, you just unloaded all three quarterbacks and they all looked terrible. Against what was one of the worst secondaries in the whole conference. Oh, uh, right? yeah. A key emphasis on the, word, week. <laughs> on the word was. Like big, yeah. big italics yeah. there. Uh, yeah. Baylor has righted the ship with two straight wins in Big 12 play. I hated that the announcers made it so well known that Baylor is within striking distance, the Big 12 championship, which just makes it feel like it's not even going to happen now. But <laughs> if if you get that version of Baylor, that Baylor secondary when is the last time you've seen that unit play that well? The, the Sugar Bowl, maybe against a backup quarterback? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take this off so I can see, seem serious. If that's, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, probably Sugar Bowl, or they had mentioned made mention of it on the broadcast. It was the first time they had four more picks in a game since the Big 12 championship, not yet 12 months ago. Uh, so we did see it last year. I don't know if it was necessarily their strong suit. It was the defensive line, which finally, finally, finally showed up on Saturday. Um, but yeah, I was quite impressed, quite impressed because they had some they had some coverage sacks in there on top of. I mean, there will be some people who are saying it's not all that impressive because Morton looked just horrible, uh, but they forced him into some mistakes. They did it for all three of them. Um, they defended well when they weren't picking passes off. Which again, that's just not something we've really seen all year long. They're young in that defensive backfield, um, and it's it's a positive sign, Drake. It is a positive, positive sign. It was very interesting to me how the the announcing crew did. They they went for like this is the most interceptions that Baylor has had, and then you like you're expecting four to be something kind of monumental. Uh, the ten they, years nope. they. They kind of just did that against Spencer months. Sanders. Five, however, they weren't even, even trying for. We never, we never found out how long ago five was. Uh, this, the secondary, as good as they were, Blake Shapen, I felt like is as sharp as he was. Did what he needed to do. He filled a role. Yeah, um, I think the latter. Yeah, he filled a role, and that that what did Gary Bohannon do last season? He literally filled a role. What did Blake Shapen do in the Big Twelve Championship game second half? Namely, he filled a role, and instead it was Richard Reese, Dick Reese. 
Dick Grease, I don't think we can emphasize enough For sure. that the, this kid is 19 years old. 19 years old has 800 rushing yards and 12 touchdowns. Shaq Linwood had eight. His guys get 12 touchdowns, three on Saturday. Where did he come from? Where did he go? Dick Reese. And I think what's even more impressive to that is he has been Baylor's most clutch player this year. Mm-hmm. We talked about it with the Kansas game. Is that big third down to kind of put the game away. He rushes for 37 yards and then ends up scoring the touchdown that puts it away. And they had a couple of those last night or Saturday night. Yeah, uh, they get the. I mean, Tech gets the game to twenty four seventeen. To be honest with you, I'm not totally pooping my pants like I would be normally at a Baylor game. I just felt better about this one. Uh, but they had a couple third downs, and they went to to Dick Reese. I think one of them might have been a fourth down, um, and he just got the job done every time. And he's done that all season long. And it's so crazy. This guy was the third string in Week One. And some dashingly handsome, very smart young man wrote after week one, Drake, that if he was going to pick a starting running back out of the group just based on the eye test against the Albany Great Danes, it was going to be Dick Reese. And wonder where that kid is now. Probably playing the lottery with how smart he is, you know. But uh, it is so impressive. Like, and he is... And you mentioned Shock Limwood, who had a good freshman year. He had all the records before Dick Reese is breaking them now. He was a second or third back on the team. Dick Reese is an absolute bell cow, and they have like one and a half running backs right yeah. now. Coyland Jones also got banged up on Saturday. Well, wow. and he carried it 36 times, 36 times after 31 the week before for a 19 year old Drake. Yeah. You can't even get I, into scruffs to celebrate that. I volunteer. Not a big black X on your hand. I volunteer to play running back for Baylor next week. Nobody ever responded. I sent email after email to every hey, person. At least, to, at least to shake it up. Give the defense in, some different looks. Involved in the in the in the program. Nothing right now. They've seen your um, defensive stats for China Spring this year. Pretty insane. It yeah. it's at this point, it's like I don't want to make a joke that you just need a warm body back there, but some kind of semblance of a human being behind Richard Reese to not have him take every carry would be good. Baylor, I love it. Quaylen Jones, I don't love Quaylen Jones getting hurt, but after he gets hurt, Baylor's like, uh, well, we can put drones in, and they immediately run the ball with drones. And then the next play. I guess Dylan Doyle. <laughs> it's just they're Dude, so. I thought we were going to see Kyron drones like in the backfield. I did too. Point. I like, like they're going to just going to ask like back. Blake shape and handing him the ball. Like we're sorry that we have to do this to you, but we kind of have to <laughs> That'd be great. Um, and and to kind of that same vein though, the way the offense ran on Saturday, the, the whole game was the first time it felt like a 2021 team. I get it. It's not the same team. You can't do apples to apples. But I said this in my article for Inside the Bears yesterday. They're built the same way. Yeah. This is what this coaching staff wants to, how they want to play. Big offensive line. First, that is 40, the first time we saw 41 it. minutes of time of possession. Yeah. That's the first time we've seen it this year in game eight. Uh, an, an actual RVO winning the line of scrimmage on both sides, uh, forcing the quarterback into mistakes because you're they're get the offense is getting behind the chains and you're putting a lethal pass rush in there and capitalizing on those mistakes. First time we saw it all year, you know, not passing until they need to, when they can effectively get the defense to bite on some play action 
They barely did that last night. Shapin, Shapin was fine. He was, I think, <laughs> Rocky, whatever his name was from ESPN2. Balboa. Was having a day talking about Blake Shapin. Um, he had himself an awful game, by the way. The Ro- yeah, Rocky forgot his microphone for the first he, seven minutes or so. He was terrible. The, He's just Baylor. Can I just point this out? I pointed this out on Twitter. Baylor gets the ball with two minutes left in the half, Drake. They're winning. They've got the ball with two minutes left in the half and three timeouts. And the first play, they run the ball. They've been running it effectively all night. And Rocky just goes, wow, I'm just surprised. Baylor is calling it. They are packing it in and going into the locker room. And I was like, no, they're not. They got like a six-yard rush on first down. They have three opportunities to stop the clock without a first down. Like, they're just getting – they're playing the game. Like, this is their offense. And they passed it like the whole rest of the time. I was like, is this guy serious? This guy gets paid way more than you and I do, Drake. True, actually, yes. Rockstar. Rocky. Although I'm not complaining about my salary as a color commentator for the China Spring Cougars. You see Rocky's I like, Ro- I think it was Rocky's top six was nuts. Just insanity, too. Like I don't guy, even remember it. it was that guy was on a bender the, the whole night. Uh, and he pitches to the play-by-play guy and goes, what's your top six? The guy goes, uh... Yours looks good. It's just like put the guy on the You're spot. Like Alabama at six. Like, ah, uh, um, Cam, I I want to say it's a bad week for the Baylor should lose all of their games crowd. Oh, that's uh, tough. My heart does go out to those that thought that was a good idea because I can see the heart behind it. Um, it's not going to happen. I also it's because um, of these darn coaches. They don't know what they're doing. They they don't. The players don't had to take doing. the players had to take over this week. Joey took all the good ones. A half the staff, if not more. That's what I've heard. Um, can't help but feel bad too for the tortillas out there that got tossed for nothing. Oh, um, yeah, you know, it 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 reminds me of something that I've lived by for the last few years. Do you ever get to you're eating food and you get to the last bite of the food and you think this food has one purpose in the world? If I throw this away, it lives in the trash. It goes to a landfill. It, it doesn't fulfill its one purpose. I have to allow this piece of food to fulfill its purpose. I've got to eat it. I can't I can't let it sit there. Makes me think the life of a tortilla. You wholly expect like fajita, burrito, something. You're on the playing surface, and then the very best part of this, you know who picks them up? Did you see who picked them up last week? No. The Texas Tech Reserve football players. They come wow. running what an down honor. the field. At AM, and it, they do the kick coverage, but at tech. They clean up those tortillas. Send the walk-ons, and they come sprinting over, grab them tortillas, and walk right back to the bench. It's one of the great honors. It's like the people who follow Bevo with a shovel. Oh. It's one of the great jobs in college football. But if that was a free. football player, but if that if they followed Bevo with the fourth-string running back. By the way, I think Dick Reese was the fourth-string running back. Quaylen. Quaylen was at three. I guess you could say that he split carries. It's the whole Baylor yeah. roster thing yeah. where Tay technically and Squirrel and we thought Josh Fleeks was going to play running back. Right. Dick Reese was way down that list because Tay McWilliams, Squirrel, Quaylen, and they all, of course, Dick Reese is also the first string running back week one because they all said or. Quaylen Jones yes. or yes. Richard Reese or Josh Fleeks. And that depth chart just hasn't changed too, which is pretty funny. Um, speaking of funny, betonline.net, I made 150 bucks on football this weekend. $150. Way more than I had before that. For adult money, that's like $1,000. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I now have $200 in my bank account. So I'm almost out of gas. So <laughs> oh. it, was, 
<laughs> it was a big week. I was. That'll put you the red. You ever heard the parable of the debtor? Um, I was teetering my way there. I was getting ready to go into debt, yeah. but instead, thanks to BetOnline.net, it's where I won. It's where the game starts. Um, everything you can imagine. You name name something. Name one thing. Uh, I'll name you one thing. We're doing this on Sunday night, and there's still no highlights up for Baylor Texas Tech. I don't know if this game even happened. Uh, but I can't do my way cool yet. That was supposed to go out like five hours ago. It's, if you're listening to this on Monday afternoon, hopefully it's out by now. Bet online. That's one thing, Drake. Bet online has the Baylor Texas Tech highlights. Ooh. I was just looking, and they're there. It's where the game starts. There's podcasts. There's lines. There's all kinds of stuff at BetOnline.net. Uh, it's where the game starts. Go check it out today. BetOnline.net. Cam, the Texas Tech offense was not good. I I wrote a column last week that said Tech's strength is its inconsistency, that you just kind of never know where the ball is going to go. They've got a ton of receivers they like to go to. They have three quarterbacks. They have two running backs. Kind of what Baylor, what you saw from Baylor a few weeks back, where it's like, all right, the team hasn't figured itself out yet, and that's not a huge problem. Texas Tech beat West Virginia 49-10, 49-10, and Baylor curb-stomped them. 38 to 10? Is that no no, no 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 it was like 49 to 10. It was, it was that bad. It's it is bad. It was a blowout. Baylor curb stomped them on the road in Lubbock. Uh, so I want to apologize. I actually do want to apologize this time. Thir- I said 38-24, Texas Tech will win this game. Yes. I, I had that Texas is, that Tech is in print. By pegged, the way. pegged by a lot. Uh your prediction's not in print, but I know you also had Texas Tech winning this football game. Uh yeah. If you had asked me on Friday, I probably would have said tech. As did I feel I, like m- most objective, reasonable people had Texas, including Big Game Boomer, who's never been wrong once, ever, and Baylor dominates his football game. So, is this a does this prove that Baylor went with the right guy and Dave Aranda instead of Joey McGuire? You know what? I'm not ready to say that yet. <laughs> I'm not ready to say that yet. I'm gonna need a little more on tape. Uh, yeah, that's tough. That's tough. You're. you're... <sighs> gonna take a lot for me to reverse that that uh claim yeah for sure i just don't know yet i don't know i mean what has dave done really without joey mcguire specifically what has dave done without joey exactly good call joey would have had those guys ready for byu west virginia heard complacency was a problem never heard that under joseph just saying so in this segment, I want to get into um, the Big 12, across the Big 12, and how just another nuts weekend, because that's just what it's become. It's crazy. Uh, a butt weekend, a nuts weekend, everything. You name the body part, you, you saw it on Saturday, uh, depending. True. You can see it every day. The, the West Virginia game is going to haunt me. Baylor wins the West Virginia game. They are squarely in the conversation of a Big 12 championship. Pretty it's great one- shape. One loss Baylor, two loss Oklahoma State, one loss Kansas State, no loss TCU. It's all like this big toss-up of which one of these teams is going to go. And right now, again, Baylor still controls its destiny, but the odds of them winning out are slim. Uh, But Big 12 this weekend, how about Kansas State? The boys from Manhattan getting it done. Getting it done is an understatement. I know the score to that one. That was 48 to nothing, Drake. Yes, it was. That's a great point. Can you believe that? Well, the backup quarterback. Oh yeah. What hasn't been said about it? Uh, no, that, that is, I mean, nuts. We know Spencer Sanders is a little bit overrated, although he did have a good game against Baylor. Um, but to get shut out, I mean, throwing Gunner Gundy, poor Gunner Gundy goes out there at some point. So it was not, 
not terrific. And meanwhile, I was just punching air before that watching TCU, hoping they would lose, and they don't. They don't do that. No. Those guys keep winning football games, man. They're good. They're good. I don't I don't know if they're a top 10 team in the country, but they have certainly played their way into it. I tell you that, Drake. It is for the over. They hit the over on that play. Crazy. One of the worst beats in college football history. Fourth and one at like the 30. All you got to do, you can take a knee if you want to. You could punt it at the... That you know the ten, you can do anything, anything, and instead they throw a ball to the end zone, mind you, for a touchdown. Insanity! They win by ten and cover the nine point spread, um, and then Oklahoma at Iowa State, going on the road to win twenty seven thirteen to further prove Iowa State has the worst offense in the Big Twelve. It's and it is, that's something about that state, man. Jeez, and it's not about close. That state. There are two got, other teams that have been shut out in conference play, and Iowa State's still the worst offensively. I've got a question for you, and yeah, this is real quick. Quick aside. Uh, Oklahoma, Iowa State, giving us some great games over yes. the years. Uh, how many times do you think Iowa State has beaten Oklahoma the last decade? Because they always give them problems. I would say three. I would have said like four or five. The answer is two since 1996. And I think Since it was back to back years. Since the Big Twelve, oh. as it were. Yeah. Oh. That's just I. I was just surprised by that. Oh. I thought they had done it the way Kansas State does it, but they don't. Anyway, yeah, yeah they're bad. Um, they're not great at all, actually. Uh, but they're they're not like horribly terrible. Not like those mm. old those old Kansas teams of two. It's years. it's like West Virginia. You're bad. But yeah, you could beat yeah. some teams. You're right. not like the worst. They should have beat UT. Bad. Yes, they um, should have. Bad of you know they played Baylor close, but it wasn't that close. No, as close as the yeah. score might suggest. Seventeen um, point game late. Yeah. The so that leads us to Oklahoma this weekend, which I, I most years you're probably thinking it's a guaranteed loss, and then this year's the weird Baylor could win by fourteen, could lose by fourteen. Um, the thing that I circle, this is the best rushing defense in the big 12 against the worst rushing defense in the big 12. And by worst, I mean, Oklahoma is bad. This like, could be like 2014 in that their past, their past defense was so bad. Right. Remember those, those videos of they would just play like eight or nine yards off the receiver and they just dump it to Corey Coleman for five yards, Jay Lee's yes. five yards and just went right down the field. That could be what we see. We could see them just not pass the ball in a couple of drives and go right down the field. Remember the Baylor North Carolina bowl game? Yes. That would be I... the Russell athletic bowl. By the way, I've been offered a jacket with a mm. Russell athletic bowl patch on the side and it's a little big for me, but that is such a game deep in my heart. I was a freshman that I might just get it anyway. Go ahead, though. Baylor, Oklahoma Saturday. Baylor over under 550 rushing <laughs> yards. Just why throw the ball? Throw for 47 yards if you want to, but run the ball, hold it for 45 minutes, suffocate Oklahoma. Winfield Scott, Anaconda plan. I think I won't predict this in my official predictions, but I have a sneaky feeling this game could be a blowout. You know what I mean? Like it's 
whenever you see these big blowouts, it's usually Damn. not the best team against the worst team. No, it's, it's like true. just teams heading in opposite directions. And I think because of that rush defense thing, it could be like the Russell Athletic Bowl or Baylor puts up 40 points and right. Shapin throws for like 120 yards. You know what's going to happen? Just bully him the whole night. The, the Sooner fans are going to find this inevitably. Um, and they're going to post it. So what someone yes. is going to yes. and can only hope that it becomes true as Scotty Swingler last week fired an absolute shot from the top rope of the tech fans, not being and a very good atmosphere, according to Matt Jones. And then Matt Jones was like, yeah, those fans sucked. He didn't say that. I should, I, I should backtrack. Ooh, I a know bit. that felt good for him. That's a West Texas kid right there. I know that felt good he came out and was <laughs> shocked like visible he's like i was expecting them to be good and then they just weren't for a fan base as proud, fake fans for a fan base as proud as texas tech is that hurts i oh. mean look i'm just gonna throw this out there please nobody let him look around mclean stadium in the final few minutes of a baylor game that's a great point please don't <laughs> actually the beginning of a Baylor at any point of a, of a Baylor game. Uh, but I mean, he is right in that. Uh, I mean, I wasn't there, uh, unfortunately. Could have been. Um, I invited you. Yes, you did. Um, but I like could not hear it through the TV at all. Well, you couldn't hear the announcers you either. You couldn't really hear much, actually, no, the, that's true. on the production Saturday. Um, and I was like, huh, the you know, the cameras are never shaking. It's never... I can never hear the crowd even a little bit. Uh, and I think it's just because they were just never in the game, really. Mm. I mean, they cut it to seven late in the third. Baylor scores the next drive. But other than that, they fall behind 10-3. Uh, they, they miss on a fourth down on their first drive. Uh, like it's, or I think that might have been the pick, but it was also on fourth down. Anyway, uh, it's just they were never, like never really in it. The way the Baylor fans were against Oklahoma State. Like the game got close at one point, but they were never there and had this great thing to cheer for. So yeah. I guess I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, but oh, that was nice. That was I mean, nice. If you're Baylor and nice. you want to win a football game where you control the time of possession and you force five interceptions, that's a great that's a great recipe to win. Pretty when good. Holding just... the ball for two thirds of the game is decent. <sighs> and then you and when you give the ball away. That when you uh, when the other team inevitably has the ball, you take it away from them. That's a, a good recipe. You down with OPP, yeah. Uh, before we get to Dave Aranda and his post game press conference, which he was pretty chipper and he deserved to be, the, the I, when they put Shuck in the game, I audibly laughed. I did. They put Shuck in the game. They really as, think they had something like, here. Here is our last hope. Here is our third and final quarterback who the ESPN broadcast have been showing up warm showing warming up on the <laughs> sideline since jump. And lo and behold, his first pass is picked off. It's a touchdown. Yes. So um good. as someone who watched the Mac Jones Bailey Zappi uh uh tag team against the worst team in the league, the Chicago Bears last week, and get pummeled. Yeah. I was thinking. Do they think this is like gonna be the solution here? Uh, because they were the announcers are talking about it when it was a game. They were down like ten or fourteen uh, with plenty of time, and I'm like, this kid hasn't played since week one. You think you're just gonna roll him up off the bench? And he threw a touchdown pass. I'll give it to him. It was to McCarty, whose name I don't first name I don't remember, but 
It was a touchdown pass. Can't say I do. The, the kid, he picked it off, and I was like, I don't. They well, might. There was there was some. The, who had the pick in the end zone? Uh, the contested ball. Tevin Williams. What was it? Tevin Williams. Tevin Williams. I had never heard of that person. Really? God bless you, yeah. Tevin Williams and Tevin Senior, whom I saw on Twitter today. Yeah. Nothing against you guys. Just had absolutely never heard of him. Uh, to me, that's a couple of people put together to get the name Tevin Williams. Uh, but love it, dude. Absolutely I, love it. I had definitely heard of Tevin Williams, but I will be very transparent. When I heard the name McCarty, it's like they could have picked him up outside the stadium pregame and said, we would love you to play corner. and Or he could have been a recruit. They were Is just it trying AJ McCarty? Maybe, yes. Is that that's somebody? Right. I, I maybe that's I think big. That's, that's it. No, I think you're thinking of AJ and Allie, that uh, <laughs> girl band from the 2000s. Probably. Um, so to the McCarty family, I'm AJ sorry. McCarty. Yes. I'm sorry that I didn't know to AJ. I'm sorry, but I know your name now. It's like Jaron McVeigh, pre McVeigh, pre McFlay. Someone says, Hey, what do you know about Jaron McVeigh? Old guy, Baylor football. You, see, you seen him out there, may still be on the team, plays sometimes, yeah. Yeah. and then boom. Granted, I'm showing myself here. I don't, you know, I'm no Travis Roeder. Travis Roeder knows these guys. I, <laughs> Travis does, man. Big on Kelsey Johnson this week. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I, I wish. I'm Travis just knows himself, man. Reveal my true colors here. Dave, Aranda. Does know these guys. Happy man. Dave, what do you got for us? It's uh, it's good to see you guys. You know, I thought the week was a, was a real uh, positive one. I thought that our Tuesday practice might have been the best Tuesday that we had, and I thought our Thursday practice might have been the same and um, best Thursday that we had. So, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of good things throughout the week. And then, you know, I, I look at the, um, the emphasis on, on takeaways. I look at the emphasis on being physical and running the ball. And then, you know, to see it transfer over uh, on a game is pretty cool because it hasn't really happened so far like that this year. And I think just the, the, the growth of the team, I think this has been a team where, you know, we can all tell them that the stove is hot, but they have to touch the stove, you know? And um, I'm hoping that we don't have to touch the stove anymore on certain things. So take any questions you guys got. Dave, six sacks, five interceptions. You can't really expect a better performance in that. I'm I'm proud of him. Yeah, I think a lot of credit goes to Ron Roberts and that staff. I know that there's probably more, um, more early morning and late night meetings this week than uh, I can remember. You know, I think offensively what Tech is doing really stresses you, and you know there's a fair amount of creativity with their plays and their tempo for sure, and and just all of it. And so I, I credit those guys, and then I credit the players too because. Um, you know, they went out and really had a chip on their shoulder and played with an edge. Now, I will say, you know, that starting in the third quarter, right, it gets down to what another, um, it gets down closer than it probably should be. I think all of that is still growth for us. You know, I think as a team, we are probably, um, I imagine like everybody else, when things are good, we're happy. And when things are bad, we're angry or we're mad. And you just can't, that, that is not going to cut it. That's not how you win, you know? And so when things are good, we have to have a chip on our shoulder. And our standards have to be higher. 
and we need coaches and we need players to hold everybody to that standard. And, you know, we're fighting for that. Then you talked about them getting a little closer. It was a one-score game, and you answered with that 75-yard. How big was that just to kind of, again, create separation that answered their score, I guess? It was good to see. I, you know, I thought offensively, the offensive line really took it upon themselves to impose their will and um, to really be physical. And you could see, and then our running backs too, really worked on playing uh, behind their pads and turning their legs and all of it. And so, thought our receivers did a good job blocking. I think all of that really played into it. And then. You know, when you can run the ball like like we were doing, then it opens up RPOs and play action passes and that. And so, um, I think the physicality, uh, we get that for four quarters, then we're a little bit closer to who we want to be. Dave, how do you think uh, your team responded to this crowd tonight? Yeah, you know, I think the um, when you execute, um, you silence the crowd, and that's really the only way that the crowd gets silenced. You know. You can wish that it would go away, or you could try to talk louder or yell, maybe. But the only way the silent the the crowd goes away is if you execute. And so it ain't it ain't really about the crowd, you know. It's about what we can control and what we do. And so I thought there was times uh, tonight where we really focused on the focus, and so it was good. It seems like when you need that drive. You guys run the ball, especially with Richard. When, when was that point when that trust became what it is to where when you need, like I said, 50, 60 yards, you go on the ground with that? I appreciate that. I think, you know, when you need it, I wish it wouldn't come down to the, that particular score when we would need it. I wish that um, we could kind of keep our, our foot on, on the pedal the whole way. And we're aiming to do that still. But then I think, you know, we're built that way to go to the run. And I think, you know, there's been, we've done that prior, earlier in the year. And just, you know, no one noticed because it didn't work, you know. And, and so now that we're, we're, you know, there's a, like I say, I think so many times when, you're, when there's some youth, it's just um, the words aren't enough. There has to be actions, and I, I don't know. I need to probably find better words um, because um, it'd be easier to not go through it, to have to try to get closer to it. Matt, what did you actually think of the crowd noise compared to maybe Provo and Ames and West Virginia? It didn't seem that bad. No, I thought BYU was more, more electric, more intensified. I didn't, think, I didn't think their fans really or the crowd really brought it like we were expecting. I think we had high expectations as to uh, – what we were going to expect coming into the game with the crowd and how it could be a distraction, but I don't think it really distracted us one bit. That was Dave Aranda. This is Drake Toll. That is Cameron Stewart. We're both, uh, we work for Sports Illustrated, actually. We tell people all the time. If you ask us, we'll tell you we work for Sports Illustrated. Um, I personally find it cool. You? I think it's pretty rad. It's neat. Tomorrow, come back on the show. We'll be talking, hopefully, I think we're going to talk to Robbie Triano. That guy's pretty good. Uh, about the whole Big Doesn't 12 TV me. deal. What does it mean? Why should we care? Does it mean anything? This is Halloween. Everybody make a scream. Is that how that song goes? Whoa. Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> Go out there and trick-or-treat with your children, too. Uh, if you don't have children, trick-or-treat yourself. Treat yourself. Mental health's important. 
And this is, I think it's Mental Health Awareness Month, October. Yeah, get it in while you still can, Drake. Then I think this is Locked On. Thank you for making it your first listen every single day. Baylor. Is it Mental Health Awareness Month? I think it was.